Okay, we're beginning the uh, the new parak in the Bamad of Kafhem Abet. Uh, I neglected to mention yesterday, but uh, of course the daf is uh, the Amad is a dedicated memory of Chayasara Bashmul and Matarifka. Uh, okay, the new parak is going to discuss the issue of what do you do with Tashmishay Kedusha or Dibre Kedusha when you sell them. So the principle, the operating principle in the Mishnah is going to be the principle of Ma'alin Bakodesh Ve'imoridin. That we go up in Kedusha and we don't go down. And therefore the Mishnah teaches us as follows. If the people, the people of a city who sell the, uh, the, the town square, they can use, they can purchase with its money a shul. If they sell a shul, they can buy an aron. And they sell an aron, they can buy the, uh, like the cloths that they use like to cover the sfarim. Like I guess, like we you know, we call it like the mantle, you know, that we have in our sefer Torah, or maybe uh, the other cloths. Sometimes you see like a Sephardi sefer Torah, they have this cloth. Meet pachod if they sell the cloth, yiklu sfarim. They can buy sfarim. Rashi points that means neviim muktuvim, like scrolls of nach. Sfarim if they sell uh, uh, scrolls of nach, lochim Torah. They can buy a sefer Torah. Okay, so that's presumably in ascending order of importance, and now we're just gonna have the opposite. Uh, in reverse. Aval im machru Torah lo yikhu svarim. If they sell a Torah, they cannot purchase svarim. Svarim lo yikhu mitpachot, mitpachot lo yikhu teba, teba lo yikhu v'etekanesed, v'etekanesed lo yikhu et harachov, etc. V'chein b'motrehem, and the same applies to the extra money. I mean, let's say they purchased the proper thing, but they had leftover money. So maybe they say, okay, so they already bought the right thing. Let's say I sold, they sold the Beit Knesset, and they bought a teba. So great, but they're going to have extra leftover money from that. So maybe I can use the leftover money for something else? Nope. You also have to move up. Uh, Rashi here on Baal Machru uh, tries to point out the, uh, the Tosefta that gives us a source for Malimba Kodesh and Moridim, that Pitzalo sort of set up the Mishkan, but then Moshe got to erect the Mishkan because he was greater than him. So Malimba Kodesh and then Ve'im Moridim. Okay. Um, Wait, does that mean that you can't ever sell a safer toy? Say again? Uh, well, so we'll see. Yes, we'll have to discuss that later. What happens? Okay, what do you do? If you want to sell a Sefer Torah, what, what can you possibly do? You, you have to use well, of course, the money you get from, from another Sefer Torah, but meaning it's like yeah, they're stuck. That money gets stuck. So we have to talk about that. Well, God, by the way. So Gemara says as follows. So the people of a city who sold the town square. These are the words of Rabbi Nachman Bar Yosi's Stumta. Meaning the Stam Mishnah is that. Disagreed, and they said, The town square does not have Kedusha at all. Why? Because uh, it's just a town square. So what's the reason for Menachem Bar Yossi? Why does he say it's actually included in this list? He says, Since the people daven in the town square on fast days and the Ma'amadot, so we talked about the Masech Tanit. So, okay, so it has a certain amount of Kedusha that's used for holy purposes. So, that, so it's included in the list. For Rabbanan, what would Rabbanan say about that? Hahu akrai ba'alma. That is uh, infrequent. That's merely it's an infrequent thing. It happens every once in a while, but it's not such. A, it's, it's not enough to label uh, the town square as a makom kedusha, and therefore the, the, the chachamim feel, and this seems to be the halacha, that selling the town square does not come with come with any requirements and limitations in terms of using the money. Okay, now we'll move on to beta kenesim. Beit Knesset, Lochim Teba, with the selling of a shul, you can buy an ark. 
Amram Bishmua Barnachmini Amram Bionatan Loshanu Ella Beta Knesset Shal Kfarim. This was only taught, says Rabbi Yonatan, about a Beta Knesset of villages. That could be sold, and then you can use the proceeds to purchase all the other things. Aval Beta Knesset Shal Krachin, but the Shul that is in the big cities, Kevan de Me'al Ma'atule, Lomatsu Mizamdule. Since people from around, from elsewhere, from Alma, from the rest of the world, come to this to the shul, and they use the shul, so they're not able to sell it. And you can't get rid of it. Why? Because it really belongs to the public. Meaning no individual people should be, able, should be able to have the right to sell off the shul, because fundamentally the shul is, a, is public property. So we'll see at the end of the Alma today a little bit of an exception to that. Okay, but that's the, that's the approach that Rabbi Nilton is suggesting. Okay, so only a shul of a kfar, because it like, belongs to the people in the kfar. But in a big city, it belongs to everybody, not just even the people of the city. It belongs to everybody, to anyone who comes to the city. Doesn't the kfar belong to anyone who visits the kfar? Yeah, but the kfar, I guess, has like, no one goes to the kfar. You know what you're saying? Like, no one goes there. Like, the kfar is just a little village, people live there. There's no other reason why the people come. The city becomes a central place of, like, you know, for people to come from all over the place. So you're not, you wouldn't be allowed to sell it. So says Rabbi Yonatan. Okay. Now, Amr Ravashi, Ravashi said... But this shul, of the place called Matam Mechasia, even though it's true that people come from all over to the shul, since they come with my, sort of like, my uh, knowledge or my permission almost, if I want to, I could sell the shul. The Ravashi Shrub is asserting his control over Matam Mechasia, meaning that everyone does come to the area, but it's not free for just comes. Everyone has to follow the guidelines and the rules set forth by Ravashi. And therefore, I have, I exert enough control over this area that even though it's true that people from all over come, I still have control and I could theoretically sell off the shul. Okay. So, Meitave. So, let's ask a kushia from the following Tosefta. says as follows. Amr Abidah. Ma'aseb Beit Knesset Shal Tursiyim Shayab Yerushalayim Shemachrua L'Rabi Eliezer V'asaba Kol Tzrachav so Rabbi Yudah says in the, in, the, in the Tosefta there, there's a case with the shul of the Tursiyim. The Tursiyim are uh, iron workers, I think. Um, right? Yeah, copper, bronze workers. Okay? Um, that they, uh, remember, it's very, it was very common, by the way, like back in the day, and certainly not even so long ago, that shuls were divided based on profession. So you'd have like uh, bronze workers, and you'd have, uh, you know, I uh, don't know, Shoemaker, shul, like all these different shuls were based on different, uh, you know, like the guilds, whatever you might have. So they had the bronze worker shul. So that was in Yishon. They sold it to Rabbi Eliezer and he did whatever he wanted with it. So how can that be? So Rabbi Yonatan, you just said they're not allowed to sell a shul off in the big city, but they did sell off a shul to Rabbi Eliezer. So my answer is, oh, sorry, so it says, uh, but over there, it's, it's of the big city, so how can you sell it? The answer is, that was a small shul. And they made it themselves. Meaning, okay, like we're talking right now about like the central synagogue, like the main shul in the town. That's what we're talking about. This little small, you know, shtibel that like the uh, the bronze worker, the tursiyim, made for themselves. They built it themselves, so they had complete control. But we're talking about the big, the big shul in the town. That's what we're talking about. Okay, Let's try again. Now here we put up the bright quotes of pasuk as follows. The pasuk says, "Bevet eretz achuzatchem." In the, in the house of the land of your uh, holding. This is talking about Sarat Habayit, right? We know that Sarat can appear on someone's body, Sarat can appear on someone's clothing, and Sarat can also appear in someone's home. 
Okay, but the limitation the Pasuk seems to give is it has to be a, play, a house that is something that you are able to hold. Meaning, only when you're holding uh, can become Tameh with Nigaim, with Sarat. But Yerushalayim cannot become Tameh that way. Okay? Which seems to imply that Yerushalayim is not really a place that anyone has a real Achuzah, a real inheritance or holding over. And therefore the house in Yerushalayim presumably would not be subject to Tumat uh, Sarat. Okay? Amr Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah disagrees and says, I only heard that about the Makam and Mikdash itself. In the Beit HaMikdash couldn't have Tumat Negayim, but, um, haba, um, sorry, okay, so the implication is, ha, but Rabbi Yudah says, Batei Knesiyot, Batei Midrashot, Mitamin. Implication is, but Batei Knesiyot, Batei Midrash, would be able to be able to become Tamei, which means that they are considered to be Achuzah, and again, the Gemara asks, Am I? According to Rabbi Yonatan, why would that be true? Ha, de abu, but they are part of the big city. It's Yerushalayim, after all. So how can you exert any type of control over the shuls? Again, both in the realm of um, Kedusha, in terms of being able to sell it off and being able to use the money for something else, or selling it off at all, excuse me, uh, or in this particular circumstance, which is the idea of Nigayim, but we're saying it's sort of the same idea. If the point that you can't sell it off is because no one really owns it, well, that's a good qualifier when you're not going to have be subject to Tzarat as well. But if you're telling me you're subject, it's subject to Tzarat, but only the Beit HaMikdash was not subject to Tzarat, then the, then the corollary should be that the same should be true. You should be allowed to sell it. So it seems to be against Rabbi Yonatan. So Gemara responds as follows. Amr, um, Ema, I'll say as follows. Amr Rabbi Yehuda, Anilo Shamati Ela Makom Mikudash Bilvad. Not Mikdash, but Mikudash, meaning a sanctified place. Presumably that would include Batei Knesset and Batei Midrash. Okay. So we resolved, again, so we had two Kushiot on Rabbi Yonatan, and we resolved both of those. Now the Gemara asks as follows. Uvaplukta, uh, or it explains as follows. Uvaplukta dahani tanai. This machloka between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda is actually a reflection of the following machloka tanai. Titania, as we learned in the Brayta. Ma haya bechakosha Yehuda. What part of the Beit HaMikdash was in the portion of Yehuda? We know that Yerushalayim sort of is a, it's a funny situation. Like, does it really belong to any particular shaven or not? So we're saying that the Beit HaMikdash itself, according to this Tana, is partially belongs to Yehuda, Shevet Yehuda, and partially belongs to Shevet Binyam. Okay, yeah, oh, that's a good line? Oh, sorry. You're totally right. I, I, sorry about that. Uh, okay, I need to launch my That's okay. But okay, so I need to launch my mind. Look at that. But my commitment is what are you arguing about? Okay, here we go. So Tanakama Savar lo nitchalka Yerushalayim lishvatim. Rabbi Yisavar nitchalka Yerushalayim lishvatim. So this is exactly the machloket that Tanakama held that Yerushalayim is not divided up into the different shvatim, and therefore it's not called achuzad all. And Rabbi Yehuda thinks it is nitchalka lishvatim. It does belong to particular shvatim, and therefore it can be called achuzah. And the only exception would be perhaps the Beit Hamikdash. Okay, now we'll go. Thank you. We'll prove to die tonight. This is actually machloket of the following tonight. The Tanya is written in the Brayta as follows: Ma hayav bechokosha Yehuda. So what part? Of, what was in the section of Yehuda? Har habayit, okay, the Temple Mount. Halushkot, the different uh, chambers. The Ha'azarot, the courtyards. Uh, fine, that's in Yehuda. Umayav bechokosha Binyamin. What was part of the uh, Binyamin's portion? Ulam, the entranceway. The Heichal, and they actually uh, the like the you know, the main the Kodesh. Ubeit kodesh kodeshim and the kodesh kodesh. 
Okay? Or to Yishol Yehuda. And there was actually like a thin strip that went from the section of Yehuda, and it went into the area of Binyamin, and that's where the Mizbeach is built. So it's true, Binyamin gets most of the Beit HaMikdash, except for that one little strip where you get the Beit HaMikdash, excuse me, where you get the Mizbeach, excuse me, on that little, uh, built on that, on that strip. Binyamin HaTzadik, in his life, and he sort of anticipated this, you know, through Nivua, he would be upset about this all the day, or every day. Excuse me, live up to try to swallow it up, and he'd really like, be upset that that part isn't in his chelik. Shnemar that says in Dvarim, alav kol hayom, and so if he's like uh, worried about it all day or all the days, you know, so he, that's the interpretation. He sort of like always really wanted that section, but nonetheless, lafikach. Therefore, because I guess he was so concerned and cared so much, That's why he was uh, merited, and he became the the host of the shechina, meaning that the Beit Hamikdash itself. Right, including the Kodesh Kodashim, is uh, is in his in, in his uh, Okay, so that's the Tana. How did he merit? I think because he was upset that like he was missing out on some of the Mizbeach. He was like, a, an, uh, I think he's upset that he sort of like had sections of uh, you know that was sort of taken away from him. Like he really wanted to have that uh, idea. One second. Pinyamins. So it's like the most of Harabaye, but then there's like a little section that's Binyamin's, and then a little strip in there that it actually belongs to Yehuda. So it's like a little bit, it's a little strange division, but it's sort of like. Basically, gerrymandered Josh. Okay. Okay. So it says, okay, fine. So that's uh, that. That's the time that says, the high Tana suffered long in Chalchal Yerushalayim Mishvatim, and the following Tana thinks that Yerushalayim was not actually divided into Shvatim, meaning it didn't belong to anybody, meaning that no one owned anything. The Tanya is running the Brayta, Ein Maskirin Batim Bi Yerushalayim, Yimbeshe Ein Nanshalahem. It is not permitted to rent out houses in Yerushalayim, it's to take money for it, because it does not belong to you. So, for example, people would come uh, for Ali Allah Regal, you have to basically give them free room and board, or at least free room. Uh, because uh, it doesn't belong to you. Rabbi Lazar, maybe Rabbi Shimon is supposed to say here, Omer Af Lo Mitot, even beds are not included, or don't belong to you, essentially. Lafikach, therefore, Orot Kochim, Ba'alei Ushpizin Notlinotan Bizroa. Therefore, the hides of the Kochim, the the um, the Ba'alei Ushpizin, the, the hosts, like the people who are like the innkeepers, they take them with force. Meaning that, I guess it was, it was uh, I think it was, um, um, customary that when people would bring korbanot, let's say any time, but especially during uh, the regal, uh, that the the korban they get to eat, whatever it is, but the hides of the korban, which would go to the owner of the animal, they would give to the innkeeper as uh, payment for their uh, for their stay. But apparently, that the innkeepers would take those things, according to this Tana. That was actually not permitted because they really aren't allowed to be renting out or taking fees for the renting out of their property because it's not really their property after all. So the fact that they're taking it is considered to be taking it by force, according to this opinion. So Amar Abaye, so Abaye says about that, Shma now we can learn from here, Orach Ara Mishvak Inish Gulfa Umishchab So Abaye says, we learn from here that it was the Derech Eret, it was the normal thing to do for a person to leave behind Gulfa Umishchab. Gulfa is like a, a, like a bottle of, uh, of wine, presumably, or like a, so like a jug, and also the mishcha, um, the, uh, the hide, um, in his ushpizeh, in his inn. 
Because you see what the Baha'i is saying is that you, you see that the fact that we're addressing the idea that people would take the hides, that the innkeepers would have the hides, you see that that's what it was a common practice that people would do. Okay. Now, that just shows us that there's, in fact, this machloka between the, the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yehuda. Right? So there, there, um, it really is this machloka about was... Uh, which is a little bit of a side of a side point here, but the example, are you really allowed to sell the shul? Where Rabbi Yudah said we have an, ex- an exception, the Magom Mikdash, so uh, as opposed to the other the other Mikomot Hakadoshim. So that's what we uh, that's what we got into the issue. Okay, going back to our original point about the uh, the prohibition to sell off the um, the main Rabbi Yonatan's point, you're not allowed to sell off the main uh, uh, shul in town in the big cities. So Amarava, one second. Rava says, Lo Shanu Ella. One second. Oh, excuse me, I apologize. Forget Rabbi Yonatan for a second. Going back to the main point, the, the limitations on selling off selling the shul. That if I sell the shul, I'm able to only buy an ark or like you know, again, a Malimba Kodesh. So Rava says, Lo Shanu Ella Shlomachru Shivatu Vehair Bimaamana Shair. This is only taught when the uh, seven Tuvei Ha'ir. They're sort of like the seven leaders in the town. Okay? Um, I guess you call them literally the good people of the town. But they're sort of like the, the, the I don't know, like, what would you call it? Like the board, the, the yeah, city council or something like that. Okay? So th- that's only true if they had not sold off the city in the presence or so with the permission of the people of the city. I mean, they had like a big town hall meeting and they said, okay, the city council can sell the shul. So then... They're done by these limitations. Ava, macharu, shiva, tuvehair, bemamana, shehair, that the seven tuvehair sell it off with, or sort of in the presence of, or with the permission of the people of the city, then achfilu, lemishta, beshichra, shapir, dami. Then even if they want to sell it off to buy, uh, to drink some beer, that would be fine. Okay, the Rashi says on top, lemishta, beshichra, liknot, bedami, velasot, shechar, lishtot. If you want to sell it, you know, they want to make a brewery. With the money that they use from selling the shul, that will be okay. So again, the idea is that no in- small group of individuals should have the right to sell off the shul. But if the small group of individuals representing the entire city do that, so that's actually okay. And then, in fact, there's going to be not we're not going to have the same limitation in terms of what they're able to purchase. All right, we'll stop here.